Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. The Niners got a raw deal in the NFC Championship game. We'll discuss what went wrong against the Eagles, have another episode of the Colts Corner, and have a discussion about the Pope. So here we go. Yeah, Niners only were able to manage one touchdown against the Eagles. I did not enjoy that. No, here's the deal. You ready? So, I have a question. Can we just, in light of what happened this weekend, not just in the Niners game, but also in the Chiefs and Bengals game, seem to be some questionable calls, mm-hmm. no calls, mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, on for all four teams. Yep. Can we just do away with the coaches' challenges? Does that rock your world? I feel like that definitely adds more of an element to the game the coach challenge does, but where but, are you heading? Well, I looked it up. So at any given game, you have 12 to 20 cameras operating. Okay, yeah. And in the NHL, they have their office, their you know headquarter office in Toronto, watching every game. And if something needs to be dealt with, that the office needs to, that they deem necessary, they step in, they make a call, and it gets fixed uh-huh. because they have all these cameras operating. Surely, we could have seen that first big catch with Devonte Smith down the sideline fell out. Yep. It's a clear, incomplete pass. We should not have to wait to go down and throw a little red flag on the field to correct what should be able to be corrected automatically. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yeah, I agree. I, I think it is quite of a quite bit of a long process to get to the actual challenging. But I also think that the um, coaches kind of have that instinct that's like they don't if they see something that they don't think it's right they need to call it Kirk. I get it. It started out as part of the gamesmanship, but in this day and age, if the true goal is getting the call right, then we shouldn't worry about a red stained white hanky to try to fix the zebra's problem. Okay, yeah. I get where you're coming from. Anyway, it is hard when the first big play of the game was actually a drop, which is suspicious. Uh, It's also hard to win when you turn the ball over for three fumbles. Yeah. One of those is in junk time, but still hard to win also when you have two quarterbacks, not one, but two quarterbacks get injured in the exact same way? 
suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's also hard to win when you have a quarterback who can't physically throw the ball. Because Brock Purdy is out for six months with a torn UCL. Yeah, that's pretty much like an MCL on your elbow. Mm-hmm. I know how that is. I know you do. Yeah. How's it going, by the way? It's going well. I am walking smoothly. PT's going good. All the things going really well. All right. Good to know. Good to hear. It's hard to say that the Eagles really won the game, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I know it was 31 to 7, but like the odds are stacked against the Niners with mm-hmm. all of these things that we mentioned. But they still held the Eagles to only 31 points. Yes, I know, but only in a high potent offense like that. Only 121 yards passing for Hertz and 39 yards rushing and a 72.3 passer rating. Normally, if you do that against the Eagles, you win. Yeah, for sure. That's just kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not to belabor it, what was your Mayflower move? Um, I think that um, Christian McCaffrey touchdown was good. Now, for me, you got to pick one of the injuries, Josh Johnson or Brock Purdy. I feel like I'm choosing the Brock Purdy injury because that made the Josh Johnson injury happen because if Brock didn't get injured, nor Josh. And so, therefore, Brock getting hurt kind of started a huge spiral of things. So that's why I'm going with Brock Purdy getting hurt. Yeah, I agree with that uh, That. CMC first touchdown, he just wasn't taking no for an answer, which mm-hmm. kind of ran over everybody. But, I mean, to me, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was the Josh Johnson uh, getting hurt. Okay. I think at that point, you've now crippled your offense because you have no one that can actually throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Aside from CMC or Debo, I'm a little puzzled why Kyle Shanahan... Uh, as creative as he is, didn't kind of spin the offense a little bit differently and go CMC, Debo in the backfield, do a little bit more like a college option throw kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the playbook. Hard to do that mid-game, I guess. Yeah. So Josh Johnson, to me, is the Mayflower move. That's kind of what crippled everything. Mm-hmm. And from there, they're running the ball 100% of the time. You know it's coming. Eagles know it's coming. All they got to do is crowd the line, work the sideline to sideline, all that fancy motion stuff, because you know it's going to get handed off, and they're going to run it somehow. So mm-hmm. who's your star of the game? Um, I'd have to go quarterbacks. Going. Not having that great of a performance. Obviously, the receivers and George Kittle didn't have performance because the quarterbacks got hurt. Yep. Defense allowed 31 points, not going anywhere there. So that leaves the running backs – and for me, it was CMC because he got that big muscle touchdown. Um, and he just did what he was told. That's a good aspect of a football player trusting their coach, even though maybe he shouldn't have. But he was trusting in his coach. He kept doing what he was told, and he did it to the best of his ability. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. He still had a pretty good statistical day overall. Um, just no help. I'm going to go... Brock Purdy simply for muscling it out. Okay. And he was 100% on his passes. Wow. 
Okay. Four for four. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a ton. 23 yards, not a ton, but a 90.6 passer rating. So if you're looking at ratings, Niners won the game. Okay. Silver lining, sir. Well, the Niners are out. All of our teams in the playoffs are out. Liam has a biscuit coming, but I'll let him live in suspense. Speaking of suspense, the Colts are continuing to interview coaching candidates while not one, not two, but three other teams have already found their leading man. Coaching updates from around the league. Sean Payton to the Broncos. Finalizing all of that because there's some compensation involved to the Saints for that to actually because he's still under contract mm-hmm. with the Saints. That could be quite concerning for the AFC West. Uh-huh. As the Broncos if, have a they bought, they have the pieces. I mean, if we know of anyone that can work with undersized quarterbacks. It's Sean Payton. Yep. It's, it's Especially what he did old with, undersized. Yep. That's what he did with Drew Brees. And our former man, Frank Reich, went to the Panthers. Yeah. So the question is, is that a congratulations? I guess we'll see once the season comes around, once he makes the, I mean, some of the moves in the offseason. As a human being to a human being, yes, congratulations from our organization. Well, yeah, you got a new head coach. You got a good job. Yeah, from our organization, may not be. Yeah. I have a worst-case scenario for you. Okay, hit me. He takes Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Picks up Bobby Owen, free agency, and Unique, and Paris. All free agents. Picks them all up. Trades up to the number one pick to take the Colts' number one QB and beats the Colts when they play in Carolina this year. Yeah, that would not be fun to witness all of that. Yeah, just to get back at us for firing him and setting him up because, let's be honest, that's that's, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And we got a team from Houston update. All right. First team from Houston update in the offseason. They got their man, who I wanted to be our man, but that's okay. They got D'Amico Ryans. He played there six years, linebacker. Uh, So, team from Houston, D'Amico Ryans is your new head coach. You hired a former player. Let me tell you from experience, that does Hmm. not always work out. No. They also went from defense to defense, and they're going to be working probably with a brand new QB. Yeah. They selected not to go with an offensive coach. Interesting. We'll see how that pans out for them. We will see how that works out. So that's your team from Houston Update. As far as our head coaching, here is the rundown. Ready? All right. Long list here. First of all, Saturday is causing a tension within the Colts fans. Yeah, I heard there's like a petition or something. (laughs) There's a petition going around for Colts fans to sign to not have Jeff Saturday be their head coach. And let me just be honest. I feel that tension. Love him 
as what he did for the organization. Love him as a person. Do I think he's the right man for the head coaching position? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards signing that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, love him, not as a head coach. Okay, here we go. Yes. Here's the rundown we got. We had a second interview with Raheem Morris. Okay. That went well into the evening is what I heard. Okay, that's good. We got a second interview with Edro Evero. Went for about 12 to 14 hours. That is a long interview. Yeah, I don't know how to be able to talk for that long. It's usually a good thing when the interviews go that long. It means that there was camaraderie, there yeah. was good conversation going. If gun, mm-hmm. if conversation isn't happening, it's usually pretty short. Mm-hmm. A second interview with Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator from the Giants. Uh, second interview with Brian Callahan. Yep, that happened today from the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, also, it was announced uh, today, second interview for Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator from the Lions. Finally, second interview with Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator from the Eagles, who has worked with Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert. It's a pretty good list. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exhaustive. How much more are we going to do? I'm not sure. It's We got... Two offensive guys and four defensive guys. So here's my question. What are we probably going to get in the first round? Quarterback. Okay. Do we need an offensive-minded coach if we're planning to get a quarterback? Here's my thoughts on this. If we keep Gus, Gus Bradley, if he doesn't leave, I like his system that we have on defense. It's been pretty good. I think we need an offensive-minded coach if we keep Gus Bradley. If we let Gus Bradley go, we have all of the pieces we need on defense. So I think that we take a good offensive coordinator that can have a big say in what we do for the offense. I think that's what I think that's my two ideas on why we can have. All right. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think it would be smart of us to have a defensive coach when we're bringing in a quarterback. Plus, statistically, you look at the last two years, uh, the uh, most successful teams in the playoffs. uh, What did I read? The 13 13 out of the last 16 uh, teams to make it uh, into the championship games were run by offensive-minded coaches. Interesting. So it's defense that wins uh, championships, but it's offensive coaching, apparently. Yeah. And that's kind of the league that it is right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a look at some free agents, okay? okay. We identified, it's, identified some needs last time. Let's take a look at who's available at some of these most needed positions and see what we think, okay? First up, O-line. Let's take a look at the O-line list and see if anything jumps out to you. There is one name that I think jumps out. Well, I mean, obviously right away, I don't think he's gonna be a free agent, but Jason Kelsey jumps Uh out. Uh-huh. Jumps out like he was like a jack in the box. Mm Mm-hmm. But 
I am fairly certain that they're going to keep Jason Kelsey in yeah. Philadelphia. I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, uh, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. it'd be a great addition. Yes. Uh, we could, I mean, we've had some issues, we'll say, yeah. at center specifically. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Any, anything else as you look through this list? Um, I kind of look at this. I mean, obviously, Matt Pryor jumps out, but we just let go of him. We yeah. say we don't want him. Yep. Um, Orlando Brown jumps out, but he's pretty expensive. Uh, I'm kind of looking at Nick Gates here from the Giants. I know that he's had a pretty successful career with the Giants, and I like him as a guard. Um, Brandon Parker from Las Vegas, also since we need a tackle. I like Those are kind of the guys that pop out to me. Yep. Uh, I was kind of in the same boat looking at Gates. Um, I'm going to throw out, uh, since we need help at center, Austin Blythe. Okay. From Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's something we could bring in um, if we choose to go free agency with uh, with your offensive line. Yeah. Not always a popular thing. A lot of times you see more skilled positions. You'll bring in a young guy uh, and bring them up. I don't. I don't know how many young guys we want to bring up with our young quarterback. Let's give that's our true. young quarterback some good, decent help. Spend some money in free agency. And so those are kind mm-hmm. of the guys we're, we're thinking about. Yeah. And now we'll take a look at DBs. We both identified that as a potential need. Yeah. Uh, so any names jumping off this list to you? I mean, obviously the first one being a San Francisco fan, Jimmy Ward pops up. But yep. he was really successful, successful with the Niners. So I don't yep. think he's going anywhere. I don't know. I've read somewhere that due to his somewhat lack of production this year that they think he's actually going to be released. So that's up on my list too. What what else are you thinking? Uh Devin McCourt uh McCourty is also up there. I um he's a little bit of an older mm-hmm. uh guy, but yep. I feel like he might be able to provide some depth depth a nice veteran for the secondary, and I have two other guys that I'm looking at. All right, Eli Apple. Yep, that's who I was thinking. Cincinnati. Yep. Another San Francisco guy, and just found another one, Patrick Peterson. Another, another of an older guy, mm-hmm. but still kind of young. Yeah, well. I got you. I'm with you. Um, I was I was looking at Eli Apple. He just like just it just went woo woo like mm-hmm. not off off my list. Um, couple other things. Uh, Vaughn Bell, okay, from Cincinnati, uh, and then Anthony Brown from Dallas. Okay, yeah. Uh, that uh, I was kind of looking at that um, as, but I hear what you're saying. I I would I would stay away from the Patrick Peterson or the uh, uh, Devin McCourty. Being that they are older, we already have uh, Gilly. I don't know how much elderly presence you want back there. I want some a little bit more up and coming youthfulness, and I think okay. some of the other, yeah. other guys provide that. So. Mm-hmm. so that's our very unprofessional opinion on who we would pick up in free agency. We don't have a game to pick this week, but wait, there is a game. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. The Prouble. Can, Can that even be considered a game, though? 
Alright, segment three. Unsealed Pick Six isn't here. Nope. Not my favorite segment. But we do get to talk about the Pro Bowl. Do you like the Pro Bowl? The Pro Bowl has always kind of been a little bit like not like maybe some of it lately not a fan i think what they've done to it has really cheapened it which is unfortunate because it was already kind of cheap to begin with right Mm -hmm. because it used to happen after the super bowl yeah and it was sort of this like postseason celebration now it's become we tried to entice people to watch it by putting it the off week between the championship week and the big game. But in doing that, we're not going to see some of the best t- players out there mm-hmm. because they're actually playing and yeah. they're not going to play in this made up meaningless game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do I like it now? No. No, I wish they would do something else with it. Do you like it? Um, These past couple of years, not the actual game, but I like how they bring in the competition stuff. I feel like the game still, some of the players have like too much of a com- competitive aspect about that game. But like the competition, everyone just has a whole bunch of fun with it. Like dodgeball, the best catches. It brings you kind of back to that middle school, elementary type of stuff. And I yeah. think it brings a lot of fun out of the football players. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that that was the purpose, you know. It was like this celebration. So they would all, mm-hmm. all the best players were hanging out together with each other in Honolulu. Yeah. What is your favorite iteration of the Pro Bowl? Do you like it regular? Do you like it in Honolulu? Do you like it in Vegas, Orlando? Uh, same location as the Super Bowl. Same location as the big game that they've had it. Uh, a little bit more restrained where it's like more like two hand touch on the quarterback that kind of thing you've had what coaches real coaches you've had ex-player coaches uh or are you fully anticipating flag football what do you think well i don't think anyone is at the liberty to say flag football because you don't know what it's going to be like yeah right uh i don't like watching two hand touch whenever you're in full on pads that's kind of like (laughs) If you're the quarterback, did I get touched? I didn't feel anything. <laughs> right. Um, I think the coaches can be whoever. I like what they've done this year with Peyton and Eli Manning. Both former players, quarterbacks, they know the game well. And they also like to have a whole bunch of fun with it. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of fun in this game. And But to me, since you can't say flag football, although I'm very excited for that, I think I'd have to say regular because I still like the best players because you can still have fun with it, but you also get to see some nice, like, normal tackles and football and stuff like that that you just can't do in the Pro Bowl nowadays. Yeah. I'm I'm old school guy. I'll go with you. Same thing. I like it. You got the best coaches against and the best players against the best players, and we don't have to worry about anything because the season's over. Mm -hmm. We're also not going to play terribly hard, but we're going to – play football because we're here to play football mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of having it in that celebratory Honolulu location is really cool I like yeah. I don't know I mean from a money making aspect I can understand how that didn't work but I don't know how it's really making much of a difference now let's be honest yeah 
Now, what can the NFL do better to make the what can the NFL do to make the Pro Bowl better? Right. This is a huge question and a huge problem because other sports have been able to do this really well, right? So I think that I think the league has created a problem for itself with its all-star game. NBA. It's a mid-season week off celebration. You got all kinds of events and mm-hmm. like all the celebrities there and everything like that. Everybody wants to be a part of that, right? Because you don't have to worry about hurting yourself as much in the NBA. Right. Uh, NHL, they do something very similar. It's this mid-season celebration and things like that. I would say that it's, you know, that football would be the most kind of contact uh, like NHL. Mm-hmm. And then baseball, it's that mid-season again. But they actually tie home field advantage in the World Series to that game. So whichever AL or NL wins the All-Star game also gets home field advantage for their team in the World Series. So it means something. Mm -hmm. How do you create that meaning? I don't know if I have an answer. Because you're not going to put it in the middle of the season. Yeah. I... I agree that you can't really put that in the middle of the season. I feel like in the middle of the season, there's so much developing and all this stuff. There's so much to talk about. Like, you put the Pro Bowl, no one's going to care about it. No. I think, honestly, <laughs> the only way to fix this is to flip it. Put it at the beginning of the season. See how flag football goes. And maybe have your all-stars from last year start off the, the following year with a fun flag football game to start off the season. Yeah, I like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what, you got your first game on Thursday, maybe that Monday mm-hmm. before the Thursday night game, all these players get together and, you know, kind of just have some fun. Yeah, I like that. Or, the you know, Sunday night, something like that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The game itself. Okay. Do you want to make this a part of the pick six records or not? I think that it's too unpredictable to make part of it. All right. AFC, no. NFC, who you got and why? Um, well, for me, how kind of how I look at this is like by divisions. Mm-hmm. So you go through all the divisions. The AFC South did not perform well. Nor no. did the NFC South. So yeah. I think you kind of like eliminate both of those. Okay. AFC North, NFC North. You look at who'd performed better, you'd say probably the NFC North yep. did. Because those Lions, Packers, both pretty close. Right. And the Vikings. Yep. AFC North, kind of, mm. Go to the East on both. They both did pretty good. Yep. Honestly, I thought that the AFC East would be a powerhouse this season. Didn't turn out to be that way. Although they did have two teams yep. in, the, in the playoffs. Yep. The NFC East came in and dominated. Yep. And the West? And the West, I feel like we expect a lot more out of the AFC West. Yep. It was really only the Chiefs and a tiny bit of the Chargers. Yep. Meanwhile, there was the Seahawks and the Niners both doing well. Yep. So I 
whenever you look at it division-wise, I go NFC with it. Uh, I'm going to go NFC because I looked at some of the rosters and some of the changes due to the game, the big game championship, and who was going to be out and who was going to be in. And it looked like uh, your AFC quarterbacks are Lawrence and Huntley. Yeah, I know. Uh huh. And, and uh, can't remember the third, but it's uh, not much better. So that's when that's your AFC quarterbacks. Uh, NFC honestly wasn't terribly much better. You still had Jared Goff in, in there, but um, I'm gonna go NFC so because I think overall the talent's better there. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so that's yeah. what I'm going with. Well, next week we will talk about the Pro Bowl and take an in-depth look at the big game and our final unstable pick six of the season, as well as yet another Colts corner. Excited to have our pick six back. Right. So, since I seen six, I have Oh, I, I, I think we got a little something up our sleeve. Yeah. There's only one game to pick, but there's a few other things to pick. I just hope I don't lose my lead. Well, this is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable.